Welcome to The Nix, where we talk about pop culture until we can't stand it anymore, and we nix it. I'm Justin Hartung. And I'm Fanny Darling. As always, a quick warning, there might be spoilers for anything we talk about on this podcast, but we'll do our best to let you know that they're coming. This episode, we're alive! We've been gone for a while. A month or two, right? Two. <laughs> two months. Uh, but we are back to talk about the latest Marvel show, because of course, Marvel brings us back every time <laughs> moon Knight plus that low-key uneventful there's absolutely nothing to talk about here oscars ceremony my moon Knight brings all the podcasters to the yard All right, as always, rate and review us wherever you're able to. We used to tell you where to, and it's not in the notes, and now we're just going to say your creative people figure it out. It doesn't seem to make a difference anyways. (laughs) Okay. Um, (laughs) Passive-aggressive much? (laughs) All right, so we're going to talk about some things we both saw because uh, we have been gone a long time, and we watched lots of different things. Um, (laughs) There are a lot of trips. Um, First of all, where, where have you been? I was in Ireland. Yeah? Yeah. How, how did it go? I mean, it was I amazing. Know, but... <laughs> it was incredible. It was fabulous. I can't wait to go back. It was a dream of, you know, it was the dream of a lifetime, and I got to do it, and I got to do it before I was too old to enjoy it, and uh, it was great. Amazing. And it was fabulous. I went all over the island, and oh, so good. So, so wonderful. Where'd you go? I went to Hawaii with my parents for a week, and that was beautiful and fun and also a great um opportunity to hang out with them sort of in their older age um also hanging out with your parents for a week (laughs) can be challenging thank god it was there in a beautiful paradise with my ties um (laughs) anyways let's talk about moon knight okay uh this is the latest uh marvel show um it is based on a, I believe, introduced in the 70s character that most people knew nothing about until about a year ago. Um, it is this, you know, sort of supernaturally Egyptian kind of multiple identities. Uh, we don't really know where it's going, so we can't spoil too much. We are going to probably spoil the first episode here a little yeah. bit. So uh, this just dropped today as Wednesday. So if you do not want to hear anything about Moon Knight... Uh, check out now one of uh, Crazy Accent, two gorgeous, gorgeous Oscar Isaac guys, and <laughs> wow. three uh, appearances maybe by Ethan Hawke, who we will decide looks old or not, and leave that up to you. It's a poll. Um, so, um, what did you think of Moon Knight, the first episode? I thought it was really fun. I, you know, with all of my extensive comic book novels, I mean, <laughs> knowledge, you know that I was just going to know everything that was happening. You know, all know that I don't know shit about comic books. So I just went with it. It was really fun. I thought Oscar Isaac, it was funnier than I thought it was going to be. And I had a really, really good time in the lunchroom at my office. And I hope that lots of people didn't see me laughing like an idiot with my headphones on. What did you think? Kind of same. I was. I had basically read something. I don't know. Just saw a headline the other day that said, "You know, you'll like Moon Knight if you like the Netflix Marvel shows," which I most decidedly did not. I found them very self serious and just they lack that kind of fizzy Marvel magic, which I think Marvel's been so good at just sort of 
doing consistently with everything they do. And this has that Marvel magic. It's, right. There's an opening, not an opening, but a very early on action scene that is uh, involving a cupcake truck and it moves and you don't know what's <laughs> and all wham! happening but it's like exciting and there's wham playing and this is uh that marvel magic kind of like personified yep. in a very quick early scene i have no idea what's going on yep. um i read some of this comic and yet i feel like they've done so many different iterations of it over the years that i don't really have a grasp on what the central story is or the main players i kind of like that i was yeah. like i like the we're gonna you know that's the writing advice that you get. Start as far in as possible, you know. Yeah. And this just dropped you right in, and and, and I liked that because you're kind of in. I mean, Oscar Isaac's character has no idea what the hell's going on either, and so you're kind of with him, you know. And I I liked that. I thought yeah. that was really good and, and interesting. Everybody in it is funny and seems to be working well together. I had a great time. And nice to see. I think right our first. Marvel show that's totally like a new character so it's just like there's no you're just there's no expectations of like well what have you been doing for the past 3,000 movies like and where's Mephisto yes (laughs) yeah I mean I'm sure being Marvel they'll find some fuckery to tie us into that we'll all be like you know trying to piece together and super annoyed but for now it feels very just like oh this is something fresh yep but just with that nice kind of Marvel zip to it um oscar isaac always lovely but you're right so funny in this yeah i just don't think of him as a i mean he's fun in the star wars movies but he's like right. funny in this yes exactly yeah and i i'm glad to ha- see that i'm glad yeah Plain, glad he took to do this kind of like a you know a pokey kind of meek mild and it's hilarious because he's so hot and you're just like <laughs> there's i i mean i yeah. guess occasionally you meet people that are timid and shy that are that hot but i Send them my way. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Ethan Honk, um, very confused about his role. Yep. All I know is we had a very funny thing where I was like, oh my God. I said, we're old. You did. I wasn't really attacking him, but I guess I was. Um, well, what were you doing then? <laughs> he uh, has his long, scraggly hair. He looks... Um, like a Busey relative in it. It's the hair that's yeah. the problem. It doesn't make... I don't think it makes him look old. It's just bad hair. Yeah. Because his face isn't that lined and yeah. his eyes don't look old. And Also, you know. man, if, if we've learned anything this week, stop picking on people's appearances. Yeah. It just made me feel old. And I mean this mostly because... Um, I, you know, remember him from when he well, was whatever in Dead Poet Society. And it's just it's like, I haven't really been on the, the hawk train. Right. I, I think this is the care. This, what he looks like now is what the character from um, the friggin' thing with Ben Stiller and Zahn and uh, why can't I think of the name of it? You know, with Winona Ryder. Oh, reality. Yeah, reality okay. bites. That's what. This ca- the character in Reality Bites, that's what he'd look like at 51. Right, so. right. <laughs> totally. Yep. Um, yeah, so we'll see where this goes. I think we both like this. Great music. Yep. Uh, really well, like, just zippy. Zippy. Yes, it did. Um, oh, man, I forgot we watched The Adam Project. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to talk about the Oscars first and then and then rag yeah, on The Adam Project? Let's get into the Oscars. Okay, let's do it. Um, all right, let's start benign. Do you have anything you liked um, from the Oscar ceremony? 
anything at all. Just say anything that comes to That puppy mind. was cute. You liked that puppy. I liked you did. that I remember puppy. that. <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis was holding an adorable puppy for reasons I don't even remember. Because she was saying that she loved Betty White. Okay. And Betty White loved puppies. Oh, my God. Wow, there was I a lot. I loved the puppy. In all of this. And I do think that we can say that if you're looking for a big in-depth conversation on the main moment that everyone's talking about at the night, go find a different podcast because we're not going to go super deep into that but yeah um except to say i guess maybe that the 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 slap um certainly derailed the energy of the show yes. i think everybody would agree on oh absolutely and, absolutely and robbed some really nice moments um of the the yes. power they would have i think that's very safe yeah to no say. Well, everybody you, could agree oh absolutely that. absolutely um, that, it, that the instantly the the entire mood and and well, of course the mood yeah. changed so yeah that's just yeah what did i like i'm trying to think of something that i liked um i liked that i liked the reaction between when um the woman from pachinko and minari when she opened the, the so sweet. envelope and was so excited to Troy see Cotters who won, win. to give when 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 Troy's won and came up to yeah. the stage, and she just stood there holding his Oscar form because she realized, oh, you're going to need your hands, and that whole interaction was adorable. That was fantastic. Um, yeah. <laughs> All right, moving on. Um, <laughs> some biggest disappointment, I guess. Uh, um, the in memoriam. Yeah, that was really strange. You don't have a kit. I mean, I know that. Okay, I know that I'm making it bigger than it was, but. They basically did a kick line <laughs> during peppy music while they're having an in memoriam. And I'll probably talk about this a little bit, bit more later, but I, the minute, and he was the second face they put up there that they, and, and I don't know how they wouldn't have put him up there, but the minute William Hurt's face got up there, all I could think was poor Marley Matlin is sitting in the audience with all of these people and having to look at this man who she had a very different experience with than some of the people in this room and a very bad experience. And it, I felt for her and, uh, yeah, that's all that was. It was, I think my other problem with that in memoriam segment was that it was because there was so much happening on the stage that they had to capture. You didn't see the screen with all nope. the people. No, nope. Like I was constantly like, who are they showing now? Yep. Like, and sometimes they'd have um, somebody come out and make a speech about some people. The whole thing was just, it was a mess. Super <laughs> odd. It was terrible. Yeah. Also the, um, well, my biggest disappointment, I guess I will say right off the bat is that flea didn't, didn't win anything. And I will talk more about that movie in a bit. Um, it was nominated for three things. It should have won one of them. <laughs> I'm just a little upset about that. Um, and then also, I had forgotten until someone was talking about it today, they had a really, really, really terrible um, cut away after uh, Trey Kotzer's speech where they went to Chris Evans doing a Buzz Lightyear commercial. Yeah. There was so much weird little stuff yeah. that almost in a way, thank, I mean, not thank God because what happened was terrible, but right. it's like, I think a lot of us would also have a lot of things to say but weren't for that about kind of in some ways what a miss this was. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think people were thinking it was a yeah. miss up and, you know, it's... Yeah. yeah. Um, I loved the DeBoswin for West Side Story and that speech was lovely. Yes, so that was very um, nice. 
history is made. Questlove, yeah. man, you were so robbed of your moment. Yeah. Um, what a he still win. took a lot of it, though. It's still like it did. I mean, like when you go back and see his reaction, and, yeah. and you know, I'm I'm still happy. I'm thrilled for him. Totally. So and lots of yeah, lots of people just kind of <laughs> keeping it together as much as they yep. could after that. So, yep. Um. Yeah. The Oscars. It is funny. There was so much like. Uh, it's terrible. I'm like, is there? I mean, except for obviously obvious reasons, wasn't much worse than any right. other Oscar. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, it's yeah. I wasn't miserable. I remember there was a time ten years ago where they were like so plotting that you were just like, I, I have mind. to take the subway home. I want to die. I need to get out of here now. <laughs> um, and maybe it's and there was no Twitter to keep you updated. Exactly. So if you did, if you left, you left. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't, yeah, I didn't go away, come away from it being like, oh my God, turn it off. In fact, I think most of us were like, what's happening? Explain more. Yeah. Um, all right. Now. <laughs> now the Adam Project. <laughs> Speaking of disappointments. Oh, whew. I mean, do we have the right to talk about this movie since neither of us finished it? I mean, we can say we saw it and what we didn't like. Yeah. And I went and read what happened, but I don't understand. Oh, my God. <laughs> so I, I will say this movie, this is the new Netflix movie with uh, Ryan Reynolds. It's the same director as Free Guy, which you can go back and listen to. We both liked a lot. Yeah. Um, it seemed like it should have been fun. And the very kind of first 10 or 15 minutes, I was like, maybe this is kind of a fun sort of 80s throwback, like Last Starfighter sort of, you know, teen, like young teen kind of adventure sci-fi movie. But woof, once it gets into its actual mechanics and its plot and its action beats, this movie is just the most it's just lazy is yeah. the word. Like, and it's it just, just I, I didn't really get the whole plot of it and then i um, like are you gonna be a, for 13 year olds that that are like oh hey i get big muscles and i turn into ryan reynolds or are you gonna have people having sex you, you, you know like sexy times and making the kid go away and i i could not it couldn't decide what level it was on it couldn't I, yeah, this was terrible. And it's like Catherine Keener is the big sort of space mm-hmm. villain. Like if you're gonna we do that, know. you gotta lean into yep. that. It just was felt so like blandly directed that you'd see these things and you'd be like, "What? What? What are you what doing? What is here? going on? Yeah. Yep. Um. Yeah. Pretty disappointing. Yes. Um. Did we not talk about we need to talk about We did about not. I, okay. The last um, time that we talked, I said it's t- premiering tonight. Wow. And then we watched it. Yeah. Um, what did you think? Why don't you talk first? I thought it was really well made um, and infuriating. Why uh, so? I mean, just, just the, the that he got facts. away with it right, and right. how much protection he had and that he still has that protection in, you know, that he's sitting in his home feeling righteous about himself and that infuriates me. Yeah. My feeling when I was watching it and talking to you about it, because I definitely had some sort of immediate visceral reactions, was I was feeling a little of like the tension of sort of, you know, wow, how important he was to Kamau Bell, the director, and like sort of all these things he did that were on paper great. Mm-hmm. And and then it would be interspersed with these horrific stories and testimonials from these these women. And then it, it, it would sort of in its structure be like, coming up next, his star rises even further. So it had this sort of like 
E true Hollywood texture to it that felt at odds with the series of what it was trying to do. And I think originally I, I didn't really respond to that well. I did read a few things with him and hear him talk about it. Um, and it really did turn things around a little bit for me where he was really like, I couldn't tell the story yeah. without telling all the things that I loved, mm-hmm. but I also could not just separate the the atrocities sort of in their own yep. final segment because it was a happening concurrently and b now it's forever woven into yep. my understanding of Bill Cosby. I, I I think there are some quibbles about like you know you maybe could have done it in a way that I don't know that didn't I, the, the end of each episode felt like there was a little hook that they were trying to get in you and you're just like I mean well, that's I don't need this. TV this is too TV. That's, yeah. You know, I mean. um, and it was also really interesting to hear about all the people that he couldn't get to talk on record, yeah. um, which is so sad. Um, yep. But, yeah, I think it's certainly worth watching. It's on Showtime. I don't know if we said that already, but uh, certainly, um, yeah. God, definitely, like, I think it's watching. incredibly worth watching. I, I think I, I didn't have the same quibbles with it that you did because yeah. for similar reasons as, you know, Bell was saying in his interviews, I I was with it that the whole along the way. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, should we go silly? Oh my god, we got a <laughs> full whiplash here um, into House of Gucci. Um, <laughs> it's the perfect plane movie. Oh, like I wow. want to watch it every time I'm on a plane now. <laughs> oh my god! So this movie, I think we. Did, it's funny. Not only did we not even talking about seeing it, we both watched it on a plane. Yep. And you watched it on a plane first and texted me, and I don't even think I sort of was registering when I was on a plane <laughs> that I should watch House of Gucci. I was like, oh, there's House of Gucci. And I forgot that you had watched it on a plane. <laughs> but no, and, and I think I got the same text from you yeah. that I sent to you. <laughs> I think we were both expecting this to be awful in a boring way, and it is not awful in a boring oh, way. <laughs> bazoo, man. <laughs> wow. So if anybody is out there wondering, like, whether it's fun, it kind of is. It's like three fucking hours. There's yeah. no reason it needs to be three hours. Um, but Except to I, eat up half a plane trip. Yeah, exactly. And a lot of people were saying, I remember seeing a lot of the reviews that were saying it seemed like all the actors were in five different movies and that they didn't know what they were making. And I'm kind of like, I think they they did. They yeah. were sort of trying to make their version of Itonia. Itonia. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it wasn't as assured as that. Like, it's really not. It's not good by any sort no. of normal metric, um, but it's also sort of just like f- kind of funny. It's fun to see people right. hamming it up. Yeah, like, um, there's not an interesting story. It's like mostly you're just like, why am I watching three hours of this completely simple story? That there's, yeah. I don't know who I'm supposed to be rooting for or what you're trying to say about women and like no. sort of fight. Like, I don't think anybody knew what like, they were trying to say. No, no it's just- Jared Leto, like. I'm sorry, made me laugh every time anything came out of his mouth. I don't like, I know he's bad and nobody likes him. Like, I get it, but like, he knew what the hell <laughs> yeah. he was doing. Yeah. And it was basically like, this movie's bananas, I'm going to lean into it. Yeah. Um, and Gaga, too. I thought she was really funny yeah. and fun. Yeah. Um, and Adam Driver, like, everyone was saying he seemed so 
in a different movie, but he was just playing a straight man, and it sort of worked right. for me. And I think that's supposed to be kind of what that guy was like. Yeah. You know, so, I yeah. don't know. I, I can't say I would have been happy if I'd spent any money or even gone to it an A-list, yeah. but I was tired. It was perfect on the planet. I had three, you know, <laughs> I had six hours to kill, and this ain't three of them, so thank you very much. Great for ordering a drink midway. I was like, <laughs> I think I need a drink refill now. Um, yeah. Um, moving on. Central Park is back. Yay! Apple TV. Yep. I've only seen three or four. I think there um, are. I think there's only. Are there's, they dropping them weekly? Yeah, they're, they're, okay. they dropped th- two and okay. two. I think there's only four out okay. right now. So yeah. Um, um, what do you? Are you happy? Are you yeah, it? I'm happy. Yeah. Um, you know that first season is so unbelievably good. Yeah. Uh, that. This has hit and misses for me, but yeah. it's never bad. I'm it's never, never bad. sorry that I'm watching it. It always makes me happy. It some every once in a while it makes me cry. It's done that twice. Yeah. So Bitsy I just, always makes Bitsy's me cackle great. still. Mm-hmm. And um Helen, Bitsy and yep. Helen are just together. They're the best. Yep. Um often now I'm at the point where I'm just like, I just want the Bitsy and Helen show. Like the <laughs> family is like almost getting a little boring because I just don't I don't they're having trouble writing that story, right. I think, a little bit. Um, but there's good stuff. I mean, yep. there's a great episode about um, sort of, a, you know, menstruation yep. that's like... It's really good. That's really one that made me like, cry. Oh, this is good. Like, yep. what? <laughs> like yep. more of this, please. That's one um, of the episodes that made me cry. Yeah. So. Um, God, keep moving on. Bed... Bad, bad vegan? Bed vegan. Bed vegan. That's a different show. We had show. vegans in bed. Exactly. I'm sure that's a show that's coming. A bad vegan is a... Three part? Was it three parts? Um, I think it was like four or five. It was a little shorter than the average ones. Maybe yeah, but it, four. Yeah, it was more um, than four, I know. Cause, yeah. yeah. This is a story about um, this woman who opened this sort of uh, raw food empire in the um, in New York, uh, like, I don't know, 15 years ago. I remember when I was working in food journalism when all of that was sort of blowing up and when she was a big deal. And I just at the time was like, are you kidding me with this raw food? I just remember thinking, like, why is this a thing? Um, But this restaurant was really successful, and she opened this spinoff thing. Uh, Bad Vegan is basically the true story of how she was scammed by this crazy guy who basically hijacked her business and then uh, spent all of her money and also told her, well, can we just get into spoilers, I guess? Um, I mean, this might hook you or send you running, so consider this public service. Um, she believes that her dog that she loves very much will be made immortal, to, and it's like that's her excuse for staying with him. Um, although watching it, you sort of don't get a sense that she really believes that. I don't What is going then on in this the, whole thing? I don't know. <laughs> and at the very end, she's talking to him on the phone again. And I am so... I had no idea what to think about this except that everybody in it was completely out of their minds yeah and i mean i know that's how cults work and it happens slowly and you know you can't admit that you're have a problem because then you look like a bigger idiot and you hold on it's like you know a gambling thing you know you're i'm I'm already in a hundred thousand i i gotta throw a little bit more at it because then it'll you know it'll come home but i just damn Everybody just like yeah. her parents giving him money. like yeah. everyone just like why what what are we missing that was so compelling about this guy because you certainly don't see nope. it as you watch the footage yep. like, no I just um, um, don't yeah it's 
I mean, I think it's worth watching, but it's yeah. bonkers. I, I will say, unlike a lot of other kind of versions of this that we keep seeing on these true crime things, like it did, it did really get at some truth about sort of just like oh, my sure. brain was broken and I just got gaslit into like yeah. just doing this. Like it was sort of thorough and sort of. You, like, you don't understand it because she seems very rational on some right. level. Like, you hear her and she's like, except for the things she's saying about her dog and, like, right. her conversations with him, she sort of seems sane. Um, so yep. I just thought it was interesting in that way. Like, you, I didn't watch it thinking, like, you're a big dummy. You know? It's right. like a lot of these make you feel that. Right. Um, and it didn't really look down. Like, it wasn't like Tiger King, like, look at these lunatics. And, but it... You sort of, I think it was a little bit. Yeah, King, look at these lunatics. Yeah, but. Um, yeah. I don't know. Worth watching. Um, I did say to somebody that it felt, or maybe I said this on Twitter, that it, the usual kind of thing of like, if it were tube of toothpaste, just squeeze it in the middle, right, and put the meat to either end and have it be two episodes. Yeah, been no, fine. fair, totally Definitely too long. Um, the Minx HBO. This, like, should be decidedly not for Fanny because, like, you know, penises and sex jokes and all that stuff that, you know, Jake Johnson, who I've is always fine, you know, this is the, this is a it's HBO show. It's about a woman, it's set in 1971, a woman who would like to have a, a feminist magazine and like, much like this, and has been working on it for 100,000 years since she was a little kid. She goes and hooks up with the one publisher who will publish her magazine, and he is a pornographer, and says, great, we will publish your feminist magazine, but we're also putting penises in it. Um, I find the show utterly delightful. Um, everybody, I think it's so kind, and every it's funny, and it is saying something good. I adore this show. There's four episodes that have dropped on HBO. It is just so, and it only gets better and more pleasing. And I just, I loved it. Nice. The next, the, the next two episodes, uh, Justin only watched two, but there's two more and they only get better. The woman that plays the sister is great. Just, it's wonderful. I love it. And it has a very, um, I'm blanking on the wrestling show. It glow. Glow. It's yes. got a little bit of a glow vibe, yep. um, which I like because I miss yep. glow. So, yep, totally. Um, yeah, just sort of about these funny found families that form yep. around sort of... Sort of yeah. penises. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, and I really... The lead performances are great. Yeah. So yep. um, I will certainly keep watching that. Um, I also keep confusing it with some other show that's on HBO now called Lust, which I'm... Oh, I don't know that one. Swedish thing that just debuted mm. that everybody loves, so... Don't know that we gotta watch. Um, All right, let's do the stuff that you did because we both have some stuff and you got some stuff. Yeah, you've been busy. Are you ready? Do it. Okay. Um, oh, I've got a little bit of news. I got scooped by somebody I work with. Um, Elf said, Fanny, can you, Elf will know who Elf is. Uh, <laughs> that's what she asked for her correspondent name to be when I told her that she scooped me because she said, Fanny, what do you think? Because, and just like that is renewed for season two. <laughs> and she is like super Sex in the City head and hated the show so much, but couldn't stop watching it just like us. And her husband was like, why do you hate yourself? And she's like, I don't know, but I have to go watch it now. And she said, and I, and I know I watch it and it's going to be terrible. And so thank you. I got scooped on that. 
Uh, so will you watch it? No, fuck yeah, of course. <laughs> I mean, it's there's like something you you have experienced this I, now. You I can't, know, but I, I think I can't do another. Uh, one. You think that, but then your hand it's like you were taken over, like in Moon Knight, and you pick up the remote control and you turn it on, you watch it, and you can't turn I it know. off. It's all Cynthia Nixon. I just want good things for Cynthia Nixon. Yeah, well, not Shaker Shay. Blah. Um, and they did go ahead and cancel Panic, and I wish that didn't make me sad, but I'm a garbage person. <laughs> and this is what, that was the one with the plane on the crib plane no. crash? No. No, that's okay. Yellow Jackets. They're no, definitely no, not. Oh, that's plane. the Wilds. No, it's okay. coming back. Okay. Um, Which one was Panic? That was the one that had Jack Nicholson's son in it. It was about oh. the like the small town that had the contest Got about it. scaring yourself. Right. It was based on a uh, Lauren Oliver book, and I really like Lauren Oliver, but yeah. Anyhow. Okay, now we're going. I watched Pam and Tommy on Hulu. Speaking of penises, speaking of penises that are voiced by Jason Manzukis. Um, oh, I did not realize that. Oh, yeah, it's like animatron. It's is the penis a reoccurring character? No. Okay. Just once. <laughs> There's veins. It's upsetting. Um, what I learned is that I wouldn't fuck Tommy Lee, even if he looked like Sebastian Sam. <laughs> this feels. It's supposed to be about, you know, the exploitation of women and consent, and Pamela Anderson didn't want it made. Every single person that I've (laughs) talked to that has seen this, including my mom, weirdly, has said, oh, it's kind of fun. It's not as bad as you think. And then it's ended, and they've watched the whole thing and been like, why did I watch that? (laughs) Yeah, and that's what comes down to... What was your point if you're putting this on TV and haha, we can make this against the will of one of the people that you're saying was so terrible that they did this against their will? Right. I just and and, yeah. and ugh. um after party on Apple Plus, Apple TV Plus. Fifteen minutes into the first episode, I realized I'd walked away to do the dishes. Never a good sign. Not a good sign. Didn't go back. This was like the right the murder mystery yeah, comedy thing with, with Timothy everybody had, and their yep, mother Timothy. in it. <laughs> Tiffany had it. Yeah, yeah, and it just yep. even from the previews, I was like, the jokes aren't. Blaming. It's not good. Yeah, I know some people are really liking it. It is not for me. Yeah, uh, Reacher on Amazon Prime. They have a Reacher that looks like Reacher instead. Of, you know anything about? Reacher. Only from what you've told me about Duncan loving him. Yeah, Duncan loves him. (laughs) The character is 6'5", 6'6", and has like, supposed to have like this ridiculously large chest and, you know, is silent but really smart and he shows up in town. He's a drifter. He walks lots of places. He doesn't say a lot. He fucks a woman and he solves, you know, crime. Okay. Um, And they cast Tom Cruise in the movies, which then everybody went crazy and, you know, Began telling Tom Cruise, well, you're short, which, duh. Anyway, this is fine. It's a fine, fun procedural. The guy that they cast is fine. Uh, but the supporting cast is really, really good. There's uh, Willow Fitzgerald is great. Uh, the guy that plays the like main cop in the town is really good, too. I haven't watched it all. When I cook in my kitchen, I turn it on on my little Echo show. It's you could do. You could spend worse time. It's you know. Um, let's see. Uh, also on Amazon Prime, upload the second season of that. Uh, like heaven is where you transfer your consciousness. Right. That I liked the first season. Second season I actually liked better. 
Interesting. And I okay. feel like it got a little deeper and, and had some other stuff to say. Cool. Uh, it was certainly, and it was short. It was like seven episodes Love and that. they're half hour episodes. And you, when it was over, I was like, oh, damn it. Speaking of seven episodes that you're like, oh, damn it. Actually, it was six. Starstruck. Yeah. Is back on HBO Max. And I sat and watched it all the day that it dropped. It was three hours well spent, but also. I don't know that they're going to do an episode, a third season. The creator doesn't know if they're going to do a third season. They don't leave you on a cliffhanger or anything. It, it's There is more story if they want to tell it, but they, they wrap it up nicely. This is the most delightful, sweet, funny show. I love it so much. We will talk about it again at the very end of the show. But, Maisie has your back. Yeah, Maisie's got my back. It is just wonderful and body, but also just so, I don't want to say kind again, but it is, and it, it's good, and it has more to say. It really kind of gets a little deeper than you think it will, but you don't feel like you're being preached to. Uh, Peacemaker on HBO. Speaking of not being preached to, <laughs> Peacemaker on HBO Max. I watched it. I actually enjoyed it, which felt weird, but <laughs> Cena's funny. The entire supporting cast is great. The opening credits are amazing. Eagly is adorable, and Freddie Stroma is a wonder. He's so good. He plays vigilante. He is fabulous and funny and uh, he's just great. He's really, really good. I watched Love is Blind on Netflix. Uh, You and many people. Yeah. I watched it. I feel bad about myself. I don't know why it's so fascinating, but it really is. And at the reunion, I actually cheered Vanessa and Nick Lachey as they tore into one of the contestants and I was like, ah! I was very proud and I never thought I would give a shit about Nick and Vanessa Lachey, but there you go. Um, Inventing Anna on Netflix. We're going to get into the true crime portion of fantasy <laughs> pop culture here. Inventing Anna on Netflix. Julia Garner is a very talented person. Shonda Rhimes is an incredibly talent, uh, talented person. I love Anna Chomsky, Anna Devere Smith. Uh, I can't think of the other people who are in Shonda's Shonda Land's like Isn't Laverne Coxness. Yeah, that, yeah. Uh, no. Mm. Oh yes, yes, she is. Sorry, she's just. I was thinking of a very specific. Uh, like four or five uh, people uh, okay, that are always that. in okay. Shonda lands, like they're right. in her entourage, you know, and uh, in her company, and they're all great and wonderful, and that's a delightful part. This show should have been two episodes long, and it's like eight, Ooh. and it's a story that we all know at this point. <sighs> And is that is there a documentary also? Yeah, about there's it? a documentary. Should I just about watch it? that instead? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Is it yeah. shorter? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, good. Um, we crashed. Speaking of Jared Leto in prosthetics and with really weird accents, uh, this is the story of WeWork and it's you know cult and the crazy Adam Newman and his wife Gwyneth Paltrow's cousin and spectacular crash into the world um this is not good it's on apple tv plus it's not good i just want to watch the documentary versions of all yeah these, well right? and there so, is there's yeah. a really good uh uh I keep documentary up, on it's just like i'm just gonna watch the, the actual documentary on we work is great yeah i think it's like three episodes it's on hulu it's really good um this i gotta say we you're edging me into a nix here where i'm just like Stop remaking fictionalized versions of true crime documentaries if you've already made a good documentary. I we're almost there. Okay. 
<laughs> you can make that. I mean, go Good. ahead and mix, but I'm only going to give you more, more things. Oh, my God. We have Super Pumped on Showtime, which is Koppelman, who references himself. He has characters in one of his show rep- reference KGB from Rounders. You know who wrote Rounders? No. Yeah. Brian Koppelman. Oh, I'm confused. Okay, so he's like <laughs> king of the references in the show, right? Okay. And they're like always like misogynistic on the nose, like rah, rah, you know, like, well, you know, would this guy from this masculine movie do this? And I, and I think I'm that, you know, douchebag from the other movie that all, all my men think is really funny and snorting lines of coke and blah, blah, blah. And so it's like references instead of scripts and okay. instead of character traits. He had a character reference one of his own movies oh in his own show. And what's it, what's it about? I'm just so confused. Super Pump. Super Pumped is about Travis Cal- Kalanuck from who, the Uber guy. Right, the Uber guy. Yeah. It's awful. It's not good. And Quentin Tarantino na- narrates it. Oh, God. Okay. And But Kyle Chandler's in it. So, you know, I'm going to watch the rest of it <laughs> because I love Kyle Chandler. And he plays the guy that hates Travis Kalanuck. So at least I feel good. That- and is this one with George- Jordan? Yes. Joseph Gordon-Levitt? Yes. And okay. I love him. Yeah. And he's playing the biggest asshole in the world. And is there a documentary version? There's a book okay. by Mike Isaac. It's what the show is based on. The book is actually really, really good. Okay. I read it. It's fabulous. That's what I'm doing next. Okay. <laughs> of all of these... Fictionalized versions of real things that have a very good documentary, The Dropout on Hulu. This is the one I would say watch. Um, Watch the documentary, too. Documentary is very good. But Amanda Seyfried is playing Elizabeth Holmes, who I am still angry at because I am the person that passes out if you put a needle in me. (laughs) And I have been fighting this fight for a very long time, and they always say, I can do it. And then I wake up with a needle in my arm, and they say, oh, you passed out. Are you on drugs? And I say, no, I told you I was going to pass out, you assholes. Let me lay down. And I also happen to be a cancer survivor, so I have to have lots and lots of blood tests. And I freak out for two months before I have to go in every six months for blood tests. So I hate Elizabeth Holmes is what I'm saying. This uh, Naveen Andrews plays uh, San, uh, Sonny Balwali, ba- Balwali, Balwali, I had it right, um, who was kind of a Svengali guy with her, and uh, they created this company that was a complete fucking lie. And they had Henry Kissinger on their board and Charles Schultz, and it was Charles Schultz, right? I don't even know. Yeah. That's well, Char- Charles Schultz peanuts- isn't the peanut guy, right? I think he is. Yeah. No. I mean, that's a Charles Schultz. <laughs> yeah. Well, so this is the one that, that okay. stopped the Cold War. Okay. Um, and it is Charles. Um, and it's bonkers and it's bazoo. And she, like, super changed her voice and based herself on uh, uh, Steve Jobs and, like, wore black t shirts and talked like this and right. green. Only it's, like, all a facade. Um, Laurie Metcalf is in this. It's it's actually really, really good. It's fun. It's worth watching. The documentary is great. But if you're going to choose one of these, this is the one to watch. It is a lot of fun. Okay, that's good to know. Here's a one that's not a fictionalized version of um, a true, true crime. It is an actual documentary that has super upset me. Uh, this Phoenix Rising on HBO Max. This is uh, Evan Rachel Wood's... Uh, two-episode documentary 
monologue screaming into the void about abuse. Um, and I mean all of that in support of her. I am not in any way putting her down about her relationship with Marilyn Manson, uh, Brian Warner. Uh, and it, it fucked me up. Wow. <laughs> it fucked me up a lot. Um, she suffered a lot at this man's hands and uh, I think it still is being and suffers from a lot of trauma, which I think makes her act very irrationally sometimes. And that means that people can say that she's just crazy and say that it didn't happen. Right. Um, and it was about mostly they're framing it in her fight to uh, try and get the statute of limitations for reporting domestic abuse lengthened because so many survivors have trouble reporting or feeling whole enough or safe enough to report in the time that it oh, the, the, okay. the uh, statute of limitations was like two years it was they they had it at 10 now and it went back to i think it went to seven wow which is not nothing right. but um right. they were hoping for a lot longer right. um i this is worth watching but it really i mean it really did fuck me up wow <laughs> it, it, wow. it's uh, i've had things that made me uncomfortable and that i didn't like I have history, a history of abuse, and this really, for some reason, I think it was the extreme gaslighting and and the smart and the the smart way that he gaslit, and that that just really reminded me a lot of uh, my situation. And uh, so, it's good, it's worth watching, but it really fucked me up. So don't go in if you are not having a good day. Uh, Severance on Apple TV. I think we both watched this too, but I've watched like four episodes and you watched one. I've only seen one. Yeah, okay. but I really liked it. Yeah, so far. it's really interesting on Apple TV Plus. It's basically about this company that you can decide that you don't want to remember who you are when you're not at work, and when you're at work, you don't want to remember who you are at work. Um, I'm not going to say much more than that. There's a mystery. Everybody's really good. It's really trippy. Nice. Um, yeah, I'm glad to know that it stays good. Yes. Uh, Beyond the Infinite, two minutes. This is a video on demand. I bought this. I don't want to say a ton about this. <laughs> it's a really fun little 70-minute movie. Uh, I'm going to tell very, very okay. premise very shortly. I really wanted Justin going to blind, but I'm just going to say, guy in his little shop that he lives above realizes that he there down in his in the shop is a computer that shows two minutes in the future that's Ooh, all i'm gonna say fun okay I'm uh, yes uh i watched the law and order reboot it's terrible uh, <laughs> <laughs> dun dun be uh, sure to tell dave that <laughs> yes i watched windfall on netflix because jesse plemons and this is me and so of course i did this is jason seagal jesse plemons and uh daisy edgar jones i think no no, it's Lily Collins. Um, Daisy Edgar Jones is in something else that I watched. Um, is this a comedy? No. I, I saw the, like, the, whatever, the still for it, whatever yeah. they call it, the no, promo thing. And I was like, it looks like a comedy, but then I read the description. No, it's very much not a okay. comedy. Um, basically, Jason, nobody has a name. Jason Segal uh, has broken into this billionaire's house. Billionaire and his wife show up um, when they're not expected to be there. Like kidnapping yeah it's sort of okay. yeah it's it's feels like a play huh. you know but and it's not good. It, yeah it's just it's huh. fine it wasn't terrible but yeah. 
So then following the Jesse Plemons uh, train, I saw The Power of the Dog. You, you've talked about this enough that uh, I, I thought it was great. I think uh, the kid was fantastic. I, there's not much more to say about yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, Shining Veil on Stars. This is written by uh, Sharon Horgan, who we all know I love. This is Courtney Cox and Greg Kinnear of the most punchable face in oh, the world. God, yeah, that's um, a, I know. That's it's usually a hard back. out for me, yeah. too. Um, and Mira Sorvino, Courtney Cox and Greg Kinnear are a married couple who are having problems in their relationship, so they buy an old crumbling house and move up to it so that she can finish her, her follow-up novel that she hasn't been able to write for, seven, uh, write for 17 years, and their marriage will be saved. Except that the house is haunted, or is it a demon, or is she going crazy? Ooh. So it's sort of a comedy horror thing. I would like for you to watch this and tell me what you think of it, because I don't know what I think of it. You'll have to log um, me into stars. Yeah. <laughs> it's good, I think. There's a, it's, it's got some tonal issues. Meryl Servino's great. Courtney Cox is really good. The two people that play her kids are great. Greg Kinnear, you want to punch him in the face, but, you know, that's kind of the character. So I would like to know what you think of this, and we'll talk more about it then. Nice. Um, I, I'm also watching a show called Force, which is the power, <laughs> you know, the power that I used to watch. It's one of the, of the like, five spinoffs that there are. Um this is about was my favorite character on the first show, uh, Tommy, and Tommy Flanagan's in it. This is terrible. Do not watch this show. Nobody go anywhere near this show unless you are obsessed with Tommy Flanagan like you named a cat after one of his characters and you liked the character from the first show. Other than that, don't watch this show. It's not good. Does it really show up on your title, like on the credits as Force, Force. Power Part 4. Yes, <laughs> wow. that's exactly how it shows up. That's a lot. Uh, it might be Power four, 4, colon Force, but either way. This um, is like an entire world that I know nothing yes. about. I'm looking through this. No, there's like, tons of them. There's so insane. many spinoffs. Yeah. Wow. Um, that's on Stars. if you don't want to watch it. <laughs> I watched Pieces of Her on Netflix because I read the book. This is utterly forgettable, which is sad as can be because Tony Collette's great. It's basically like a thinly veiled Patty Hearst story. Um, I watched Deep Water on Hulu. Yes, I'm the person that watched (laughs) Deep Water on Hulu. I actually had a really fun time because I went in expecting it to be nothing. It was nothing. I don't even remember how it ends. Is it like, that's funny. Is it like sexy time? Like, Like, yeah, it's supposed to be like, it it feels, yeah, it's Adrian Lynn. It feels like the old school, like when, when like, you know, erotic thrillers were a thing. Is it like Ben Affleck's butt? I don't think you see his okay. butt. You certainly don't see as much of his butt as you've seen in Gone Girl. I don't okay. remember. Like, <laughs> you see her boobs. She's great. You know, it, this isn't a particularly good movie, but if you have an hour and a half that you're just sitting around trying to kill. Sure. Yeah, what I literally do yeah. not remember how it ends. <laughs> um, Mr. Mercedes. I've been hearing about Mr. C- Mercedes for three seasons. I love Brendan Gleeson. Um, I love Holland Taylor. I started watching this one night when I didn't feel well. I'll keep watching it. It's on Peacock. Uh, you know, the, the seasons are streaming on Peacock. Holland Taylor and Brendan Gleeson have this great little interaction. The closed captioning in the very beginning, I almost had to turn it off because it 
closed captioned Brendan Gleeson as Scottish accent, and I nearly <laughs> went blind with blind with rage because he's fucking Irish and the character is Irish, and I hate you all. Uh, Yesterday, girl from Plainville. Speaking of true crime stories, that the wow. documentary is better. I forgot about this one. Wow. Uh, this is Hulu. This is Dakota Fanning. I mean, Elle Fanning, who is really stunningly good in a show that didn't need... And everybody in it is stunningly good. Chloe Sevigny's great. Um, Norbert, whatever the heck, Butts, uh, who was also in uh, Bloodlines. He played the... the right. Yeah, I know useless he is. Brother yeah. in Bloodlines. Right. Everybody in it is great. This just didn't need to be made. This is the the fictionalized version of the true crime in 2014 of the girl who maybe like texted with her boyfriend who was killing himself and basically encouraged him to and uh, possibly it, it it's well made and it certainly is putting all the layers in there and it has a fantastic cast. I love you now die on HBO is the documentary. It's much better. the oh the the, um, the original I think Esquire article that it's that that documentary was based on is excellent. These performances are worth watching if you have any interest in it. But it just I don't know why it needed to be made. We may need to do a list of um, maybe we'll tweet out like one one a day of like the actual documentary yes. you should watch first. Yeah, I'm I can do that. <laughs> I will absolutely do yeah. that. Uh, everybody is talking about this, so I am just going to add my voice to the din of sign up for Apple TV Plus, watch Pachenko. Pachenko. Sorry, <laughs> I always want to put another N in there. Right. Um, like it's Russian. This is the. Uh, show is based on a series of novels i think there's three um about basically three generations of a korean family it starts in korea in 1915 uh japan occupied korea and it goes to 1989 in tokyo and it is just first off it's fucking gorgeous yeah it really is um one episode i saw was yeah and the performances are unbelievably good the opening credits are so much fun and i I, you just get to cry and love this 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 entire company of actors and the whole story and i can't wait for more to drop on friday this is just so unbelievably good i'm excited to dig into that so so good um i'm reading uh the follow-up to what if it's us here's to us which is the adam silvera becky albertalli cute rom-com and then again I read Mike Isaacs super pumped because I wanted to see exactly how much of an asshole Travis Kalanick is and he's really really a large asshole oh um yeah okay you go that's that's a lot (laughs) I'm exhausted I know I feel like I'm like oh we should save mine for another episode um yeah, you did a much better job of, of <laughs> like sticking to pop culture than I did. My list is much shorter. Uh, I watched Flea on Hulu, the movie that I mentioned before that was nominated for Best Animated Film, Best Documentary, and Best International Feature Film. It is so, so good. I think it probably would have been very close to the top of my uh, top movies last year, because I guess technically it was a 2021 release. Uh, this is a sort of animated documentary about um, a gay man basically escaping from Afghanistan and slowly making his way through a hellish journey to uh, Denmark, um, where he sort of tries to sort of start his life again. 
Um, it is so good, so thoughtful, so smart about the way that, like, even once you're removed from a trauma, that a trauma can sort of, like, make it really hard for you to just sort of, like, find joy in simple things. Um, it's so, the way they use the animation, you know how, like, when you do, like, recreations and crappy documentaries, it just sort of takes you out of it? Mm -hmm. This is so artificial, but it also is sort of, like, vague enough that it's, like, feels like a memory, like it's sort of like you're looking in someone's memories. Um, right. It's so good and so moving, and there's like lots of like twists in it that are sort of like love, like lovely and unexpected. Um, it's such a terrific movie. It's I highly just I, everybody should see it. Um, after Yang on Hulu, uh, a movie that I still want to see at some point. It stars. We're gonna get to that. Her husband. Um, and it is uh, Colin Farrell, I should say his name, I guess. Um, and this is a uh, film about a family in the future who loses a robot um, family member. It's like sort of your if your iPhone was a member of your family. Um, and basically, it's sort of about how the family sort of grapples with this. And there's also a story about sort of this robot sort of life that they didn't know about. When I watched this movie, I think my hopes were really high. I was super bored and, like, not engaging with it. And But I sort of watched the whole thing, and I listened to it enough. Um, everybody talks like this through the whole movie, and you have to be prepared for that. And you're just like, speak up! Sing out, Louise! <laughs> um, but it ends up... I don't know. There was there was something that kept me sort of wanting to read about it or understand why people liked it. And there's a lot of ideas in it about sort of, um, you know, I, I've heard a lot of interesting sort of discussions about how sort of it talks about race, especially like Asian American sort of experiences being this half constructed but half real thing and sort of how you feel detached from your thing that you're supposed to understand. And I was like, oh, maybe like this movie just wasn't necessarily speaking to me, like in, a, you know, both literally and also I just wasn't watching it from the right. So I'm curious for you to watch it and see what you think. Um, it is beautiful. It has a really like, I love gentle, smart, slow sci-fi. So I'm like so pissed off that I didn't like this. I'm like pissed off at myself. I feel Aww. like I feel. Um, and also I will say your husband is terrific in it and all the performances are great. I'm, I'm sorry. Like Pick this. it up. Say again. He talks. Like no, this, no, no. That back a little bit more. Terrific. Yeah. Uh -huh, thank you. He's terrific <laughs> in it. Yeah. Okay. I feel like just stop. Stop there. No, um, no. I just I need to continue to crow about that because I think at the, even at the beginning yeah. of us starting to record this podcast, you still thought he was a bad actor. I know, I and was, I am so proud. I, I definitely have been. I'm so proud. I've come around. Um, <laughs> Uh, Master on Amazon. This movie is almost the opposite of After Yang in that it's like zippy and fun and it is uh, Regina Hall basically doing this sort of, you know, horror movie like witch, like fun thing and you start it and you're like, oh, this is a little like get out. It's got this sort of like, you know, sort of understory about microaggressions and racism in this sort of prestigious north uh, northeastern campus and what's happening with the witch and it ends up just kind of just dropping the horror aspect of it <laughs> and becomes sort of just about racism um which was a move i certainly was like i respect that you just i think i'm very curious to see a what you think about it and sort of again read more about it because it does feel like sort of an intentional 
like an intentional like fake out or something yeah. like uh, this is the real horror is all the sort of horrible right. racist stuff happening but it's a little unsatisfying as a horror movie but I I would say it's sort of like an interesting, you know, miss. Like, but certainly nice. worth okay. seeing. But just don't get too attached to the horror story element okay. of it. Fair. And Regina Hall is so good at it. Um, she really kind of makes it all kind of fly. Uh, Death on the Nile, the Kenneth Branagh movie. I, Dave and I, I don't know why we go see those movies in the theaters. It's kind of the only version of Kenneth Branagh I can stand is with this ridiculous mustache and like doing his Hercule pro. And Agatha Christie, we were watching it halfway through, and Dave was like, you figured it out, right? And I was like, no. And he was like, but it's Death on the Nile. You don't remember? And I'm like, no. And he's like, but you've seen it before. Yes. Like, I just, like, they're just very, like, every time I go to an Agatha Christie whatever, like, it's like going to Shakespeare and being like, right. what happens to these two crazy kids at the end? <laughs> like, I just have a way of just, like, turning off my brain and being sort of swept up in it. I had a kind of fun time. Army Hammer, so terrible that he was in it. Um, Gail Gadot, not a good actor. No, it's just not. <laughs> it shouldn't work. It doesn't probably work, but I. But you had a good time. I had a good time. How many drinks did you have? Uh, not so many. Okay. I mean, I, just I, curious. Yeah, I remember who did it. <laughs> I won't remember until the next you time see I it again. It. Exactly. Yeah. Um, worst person in the world was another Oscar buzzy thing. This is the third film in this guy's trilogy that I didn't really know anything about. I forget where he's from. Is he Danish? Um, this is a movie about a woman who is sort of sexually sort of free and but also kind of engaging in relationships and I, this movie fell out of my head almost immediately after I watched it. I know I saw it. Are you sure it wasn't called <laughs> Deep Water? <laughs> I don't know why this movie's getting such rave reviews. Like, I was very, like, I don't know what people are seeing in it. I thought it was fine. It's well acted. But I literally couldn't tell you a single thing about it now, like, three months, three weeks later. Okay. Um, Kimmy, HBO Max. Uh, this is uh, Zoe Kravitz in the... Um, What's his name? Sex, Lives, and Video. Steven Soderbergh's uh, Hitchcock, De Palma, Pastiche, Ripoff, whatever you want to call it. Uh, it is sort of a updated sort of rear window set in um, an apartment in Seattle. And she has agoraphobia and COVID is happening. So she's sort of terrified of the world around her. Um, the one clever idea that it had that was fun was she basically, her job is to look at when like, you know, Siri or Alexa or whatever fails to sort of deliver on a data promise by a verbal cue. She sort of goes through that log and reviews that log. No. Oh. And it's her job is to like fix the code so that the communication is improved. So she's like the human layer on top. I was like, that's interesting. Right, that's that's kind of the of only interesting idea in the yeah. movie. Um, it's not great. It has really, unlike Hitchcock, it's just like when the bad guys show up, they're so stupid. I was like, these, what, ridiculous like you know i don't know third rate james bond 80s movie did these guys show up from they're so bad um and it just sort of lets all the air out does of siri thing. send them yeah i mean also i don't I, i'm gonna spoil something in kimmy okay. i'm sorry i, I don't care do. they're sorry turn away one zoe kravitz two zoe kravitz three zoe kravitz she of course there's a scene in this movie where even though technology has been 
the reason a lot of this bad stuff has happened, whatever. She uses it to save the save herself from these thugs or whatever. But the way that it happens is she just goes, Siri, play Beastie Boys or whatever. And the Beastie Boys come on kind of loud and the bad guys get distracted and she like kind of clocks one of them and runs away. And you're like, oh, wow. this was the point. Like, this is the one point you had to get right in this wow. movie to like, you know, work backwards from. And you couldn't figure out how to make no. that work. Like, there's so much you could have done with like Mm-mm. home nest stuff. There's like automation that you could have done a million things. Yeah. And it, it was so lame. Turn the sprinklers on, make make it too yeah. hot. Yeah, no, there's lots. It, it was no. so lazy. It yeah. was just, that was really disappointing. Uh, Better Things uh, is back for its final season, Pamela Adlin. I'm sorry. I, but I'm happy. I think it's it's time. Yeah, I know. Um, I just know you love it, and it's, it's hard when things end. Such a good, weird, sweet show that I hope everybody sort of catches up with. I still think it's one of the, like, sort of most subtle sort of nuanced depictions of sort of young gender identity um, sort of stuff and uh, like a parent's reaction to it in a way that feels very real and not pat and not, you know, like messagey, but just sort of like fluid in every possible way um, that I find very like just sort of bracing and real. And I don't know, just sort of, you know, knowing Parker and knowing sort of yeah. people in my life and sort of knowing more people that are sort of expressing sort of all these things, like how these aren't just sort of things that you just hear and you know and you're done and you move on. Like, it's sort of just a, it's a learning experience for everybody. Totally. So, um, I really, really love that show. Uh, City Beautiful is a book by Aiden Polidoros. I have not heard of this person before. It was just something I randomly kind of stumbled on. Uh, it is about... A uh, gay Jewish uh, immigrant, basically in like late 19th century Chicago during the World's Fair. There is a, like a murder sort of mystery that's also sort of about hate crimes. And there is um, a bunch of sort of supernatural stuff bubbling around the edges. I love this book. Uh, nice. I don't know why more people aren't talking about it. The few people that I've seen review it online are gushing about it. And I just, I hope that it finds bigger audience i'm sure at some point there's going to be some you know movie or tv show of it and hopefully they won't goof it up but it's really it's like very sweet and uh just moving and again sort of talking about sort of you know the immigrant experience and sort of the feeling sort of judged and persecuted and then just like also being gaslit about like feeling terrified about something and sort of not having any agency and um it's it's really good um, finally, I want to end with a song because we haven't done one forever. Uh, this is uh, a Bibio Sound Machine. This is a band from, I believe, London, but there are um, connections to like Nigeria. There's a lot of Afrobeat in the music. Um, they've put out a few albums. This most recent album, they teamed up with uh, the Hot Chip producers. Hot Chip, there's your bad band. Uh, in fact, there's a couple of bad bands in there. Um, but. Hot Chip has been one of my favorite electronic producers. Um, they do this really crazy layered, like, I don't know what you call it. Just to me, they have such a unique sound that's like very unmacho kind of dance music. That's <laughs> the only way I can put it. But it's not like classic diva, like gay, like disco-y club. It's like 
its own beautiful, weird little beast. And they are a perfect combination with uh, Bibio Sound Machine. Um, I want to play uh, this one track that sounds to me a lot like a classic, like Grace Jones, like, you know, early 80s production. Uh, let's give a listen to a Bibio Sound Machine. 's um Fanny we talked about a lot where we did. can they tell us all the things um you can find us on Facebook at the next podcast uh, you can send us an email motion at gmail.com you can find us on Twitter at the next podcast and I'm at Fanny V darling and I'm at Justin Hartung now for next week I'm going to try and tweet out uh, all of the documentaries that we talked about I'm also going to try and post uh, Twitter and Facebook the next couple of months are crazy with TV premieres I'm going to try and keep up with them and say a little bit about each one as they come on that note Justin watch Starstruck and tell me what you think next week gonna happen You're and gonna I'm gonna watch After Yang Sweet. and we'll talk about it maybe Shining Veil vale 2 if you get to it but mostly I want you to feel good so watch Starstruck sounds good I okay. do like some spooky stuff too so. alright alright see you next time bye